Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitball and Pods. I'm Luke Byron, joined again by Tom Kennett, and this week we'll be in the festive spirit again as we get into 2011's A Very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas, as it faces off against 2008's Four Christmases. It's Harold and Kumar and Vince Vaughn, two things we love on the Movie Madness podcast. So TK, this should be a Christmas cracker. No pressure. None at all. I mean, not quite the long extended list of people we have on this pod, but whereas if you want to get a job done right, do it yourself. I've cleaned the room out, you could argue, which uh, <laughs> something that I is, said, maybe. There is a coincidence that, uh, I mean, since you've been back, Jack hasn't shown up, and uh, <laughs> nor is Keenan, so, <laughs> so there we go. I it mean, speaks volumes. Yeah. Dropping alongside this one, so I'm not sure which way around we should advise people to do it because once this drops, there will also be a corresponding episode on the channel with the interview that we did with um, Todd Strauss-Shelson, the Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas director. Do you think they should listen to that before hearing us talk about it or after? When is the interview? When are you releasing it? Literally side by side. Okay, I would. I reckon I would listen to the interview first and then listen to us discuss. That can be your starter and then the main course. Exactly. Is us talking about it. I mean, to go back to probably July, I would say, or at least when it was far hotter, I've, I've said since then, the episode we did with Harold and Kumar has been my favourite episode of this podcast. Yeah. And so... To then do the Christmas one, it's uh, it's a treat. So hopefully right. we can we can do it justice. Part of the reason for wanting to do a Christmas podcast, to be honest, is just to go <laughs> just to go over this film again, and it's not too much fun talking about Arsenal at the moment. So I look forward to these Thursday nights, which is actually when Arsenal play as well, which ties in with how they're doing. Definitely, <laughs> something else to do on a Thursday night. So yeah, July the second it was Harold and Kumar against. Ted. There we go. I thought you were saying that's when we interviewed him. I was thinking, fucking, I missed no. that go. No, no, thank God for that. And um, the top comment is someone saying, dude, is Ted on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> so, I've just stumbled across your podcast, but hang on, do you have something else I can do instead of this? No interest in what you boys have got to say. Just can you help me? <laughs> yeah, I didn't reply, so you could have lost us a fan there. I mean, but, by the time you've gone so good and written that, you could have found his information <laughs> out there very easily. It's the same way of people who post on Twitter like a question when it's just as easy to Google, like so even when it's like it's such and such on TV tonight. It's like this should be so much easier. Facebook's the the one for it, isn't it? That is just screaming for I need some interaction right now. I don't know Any what jobs other going. Doing, sorry. Any jobs going is the worst. <laughs> I guess I can see the point with that. I guess you might know someone who's not advertised, maybe, but it's a reach. The worst I've seen is someone posting that any job's going, which you, you'd assume things things are getting desperate at that point. And then telling the people as they replied, like, I'm not interested in doing that. Oh, no. How are we doing that? So, yeah, that's how things go. I mean, this is set, there is the film in between with um, Harold and Kumar Guantanamo Bay. So here we go, six years after their Guantanamo Bay adventure, 
stoner buds Harold Lee and Kumar Patel cause a holiday fracas by inadvertently burning down Harold's father-in-law's prized Christmas tree. When we did the first Harold and Kumar, the critics' reviews were all essentially saying, oh, this is so clever, this is so great that you have like these intellectual jokes being put in here for something that really shouldn't be this clever. And the style of humour, I don't really think is that different in the third one, but the reviews would tell you the complete opposite. <laughs> so I don't know if people are essentially just saying it's not clever anymore once you've done it three times, because the style of humour really isn't that different. Well, people changed a lot in that six years. Yeah. You're just a bit more in your face this time around, I guess. Hence the 3D. Um, I'll give you some reviews then and we'll work from there. So I was glad to see them again, but it's probably time for them to go and get their lives fully together now. <laughs> um, if the sight of a baby covered in powdered cocaine offends you, you're an idiot for having gone into a Harold and Kumar movie. Uh, while there's no mistake in a Harold and Kumar movie of something that's going to win an Oscar, Movie fans shouldn't be so quick to dismiss these 21st century incarnations of Cheech and Chong as purely shallow entertainment. Seriously, someday you guys are going to sober up, catch this on video, and wonder what gave you the giggles all those White Castle runs ago. Falls short of being a holiday classic or an enjoyable 3D experience, meaning, in the end, it's little more than another Harold and Kumar film. Is that not what you're going in there for? If you're going in for the third Harold and Kumar, it's like going in for the fifth Harry Potter and saying this is little more than a Harry Potter film. <laughs> so well, that's being what you're furious, in for. Being furious if James Bond sleeps with another woman. It's just, <laughs> he's just done this before. Do, do you not think that when, whenever we've covered the sequels on the pod, it's if it's the same, they criticise it the same, this is just a cash grab, they've just redone the first one with no creativity. And if it's different, it's like, well, this is nothing like what we wanted to see. After Didn't stick to the... the ethos of the film yeah definitely it's an unforgiving uh yeah um a funny memorable romp through metafictional sequel land and a pleasant uh, pleasingly christmasy gross out film to boot um what started as a beautiful one-off extended an apprentice oh, my words here what started <laughs> as a beautiful one-off extended in a pretty decent sequel has now grown grey at the edges. Cho and Penn continue to be a likeable pair who work well off each other, and it's fun to spend time with them, even in the movie's off moments. I must have missed those off moments. (laughs) It's pretty, like, it's 1 hour 25. So, they aren't leaving much space for off moments. So I guess, in this, if there are off moments, you just aren't really a Harold and Kumar fan. Because they essentially see, I think there's like an extra 25 minutes maybe on the Guantanamo Bay. And it looks yeah. like they've essentially taken everything that people liked with Guantanamo Bay and got rid of what people didn't like. So, I don't know. Um, the Let's Find a Christmas Tree plot is more in the vein of the original than the outlandish Guantanamo Bay plot was. And the Chone Pen chemistry remains charming. It's fair, that one. It is a bit I more think, reminiscent of the first. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable review, isn't it? Um, an extended bit featuring a strung-out toddler borders on offensive and isn't amusing in the slightest. <laughs> Someone's a parent. <laughs> Grow up. This, this one actually offended me. Um, want to make man-children laugh? 
blow some weed smoke at them in 3D, call something avatarded as a compliment, get a baby high, throw in a subplot about a hot virgin I met on the internet who's horny for a man child. There you go. I enjoyed all this. That is ass in the pod, though. <laughs> um, enjoyable, occasionally inventive, and frequently funny stoner comedy threequel that succeeds thanks to a witty script, lovable characters, and winning performances from its two leads. Just a couple left. Um, in a very Howard and Kumar 3D Christmas, you're reminded that Howard and Kumar have penises again and again and again. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is a ban on any further Howard and Kumar movies. Oh my God. <laughs> Finally, utterly stupid, not to mention rude, crude and irreverent in the extreme. A very Howard and Kumar 3D Christmas is exactly what the fans are hungering for. Ah, good. They brought it back at the end there. Yeah. <laughs> That's like um, when we say on the podcast, like, look, allegedly, if we were to stream this at the weekend, we would have seen. That's them just distancing themselves while saying, oh, I did actually enjoy all of these things. <laughs> so, as far as review go- reviews go, it seems Harold and Kumar fans liked it. Anyone that isn't a Harold and Kumar fan couldn't stand it which i guess if you're the director that's pretty much what you're going for yeah yeah to paste him some of the reviews didn't it uh, it seems strange though to do a sequel and not cater it to the audience that's been there through the two films no you, you are right if they hadn't they would have just they would have slated it more so then they uh, they got it right why would you just jump in with <laughs> kumar christmas anyway yeah yeah i feel like if you're not on board by now you, this is not there's plenty of Christmas films out there for you. You don't need to be watching this. I mean, like, you aren't a Lord of the Rings fan. You just jumping in and watching, like, The Two Towers would be strange. <laughs> it's like, why would you commit your time to it when you're obviously not going to like it? And that's essentially what this is. Although I'm sure people like, well, Jack probably included, wouldn't like me comparing Howard and Kumar to The Two Towers. I didn't mean doing anyway. a review on it. So, oh, so what? So these guys are still chasing this fucking ring. Weren't they doing that for three hours in the first one? Um, on to the trivia then. So one of the lies Adrian tells Mary is that Kumar works at the White House. Kel Penn, who plays Kumar, had actually been working at the White House and took time off from that job to make this movie. So he didn't just take time off. He actually had to resign from the job, film the movie, and then be offered his job back. Because they said, like, again, the fine print, it wouldn't be a good look for someone who is working as an aide to Barack Obama to just take some time off to film a stoner comedy. So he couldn't technically be employed while doing it. But you can come back. That is a little odd. Yeah. I feel like you've got to choose. (laughs) Yeah, you would think so. But then Barack Obama has come out and said that he loves the Harold and Kumar film. I should hope so. There we go. Um a bit which there's more on actually in the interview. So it was Todd Strauss-Scholson who suggested casting Danny Trejo after making a Photoshop picture of him wearing a Christmas jumper. <laughs> Danny Trejo, I think when I was younger, I don't know if there's a reason, but I kind of held him to a, in a bit more prestige of maybe being a more, not serious actor, but someone who's a bit more A-list. 
and then you check his IMDb, this isn't out of place for him to be doing this. No, no, I don't think it is, is it? It's around the time of him doing Machete, which, depending on who you ask, is like the best or worst film that ever <laughs> existed. So, there we go. Um, Todd Strauss-Schulson said that shooting scenes with the waffle bot prop was the most difficult and time-consuming. This film was originally set to be directed by series creators John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg, but they were approached to relaunch the American Pie franchise three months before production. So they continued on as writers and co-producers while writing and directing American Reunion. I feel like, yeah, just as an assumption for, and I know very little about them, I bet they prefer Harold and Kumar, but it's probably tough to turn down one redoing another American Pie film with the original cast. And there's probably a few more zeros on the end of American Reunion than there was for uh, Harry Kumar Christmas. You're probably right. (laughs) Reading reviews for both, they're probably thinking we get buttered here. Yeah. (laughs) Reunion would have got the same treatment. What I read reviews just just to see what people thought, because I saw... um, I think when I was reading to do research for uh, our American Pie 2 interview and I saw something saying like uh, the flop of American Reunion, I thought I thought this went down pretty well, especially when we yeah. saw it. But yeah, people did absolutely despise that as well. So we would probably be like comedy writers' best friends if we were critics. <laughs> yeah. You've we got to be figured... pretty badly for us to hate it. Yeah, exactly. Um I mean, I'm going out to bat for Reunion. I thought The Hangover <laughs> 2 and 3 weren't as bad as people are saying. Harold and Kumar's great. Look, I'm a, I'm a winner for you. Well, if ever there was going to be a character, I think, that was a friend of the pod, um, for you in particular, given our first uh, run around of uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, uh, Weedy makes a brief appearance during the claymation sequence. <laughs> Fresh after the abuse in the first film. <laughs> well, nice to see him make a comeback uh, at one point in the film Kumar gets into a debate with the kids of whether, whether the Karate Kid is better than its 2010 remake uh, the film's co-writers uh, Schlossberg and Hurwitz actually went on to write and direct uh, the Karate Kid spin-off Cobra Kai so maybe that was the little tie in there I was thinking, actually, you know, in a hot tub time machine, when they go back and they ask all those questions to gauge sort of where they are, yeah. I'd probably ask, who was the karate kid? And if whatever <laughs> answer, they said to me, James Smith, I know I was fairly close. If they go back and say that, I know oh, I've gone back here. Uh, Todd Strauss-Schulson is in the montage of Sergei Katzor's brutal deeds, and he's the guy that has his throat slit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um Neil Patrick Harris does tell Harold and Kumar they'll see them in the fourth instalment. And I think I covered this when we did the first podcast around that there was a deal signed where Adult Swim were going to run a animated Harold and Kumar series. And it was going to be like the Napoleon Dynamite one where they were getting John Cho and uh, Cal Penn in and they were going to voice it and they were going to get NPH and all the, all the main characters in mm. and it's reported that they even got to the stage where they were doing table reads but it just never got it just never got finished 
and when, when you look into it, Adult Swim, and I know they have success with Rick and Morty and all kinds of other things. I think they they buy like a horrendous amount of rights each year. And then by, by the end of the year, they just kind of whittle things down and push ahead with a couple. So as much as you would think this is going to be a big thing, I don't know if they maybe got the idea that it wasn't quite going to recoup the investment they were putting into it or they just had success with other things or they were struggling. I know uh, John Cho picked up a bit of steam, didn't he? He's been in some more serious things now. So maybe Harold and Kumar just wasn't quite on the agenda for him anymore. They've got serious jobs. Adults from are basically just swiping right to everything and then yeah. they'll filter through <laughs> it afterwards, work it out. But whenever they're both interviewed, they do always say, look, look, I'd love to do another one. And I don't know if that's just keeping people happy, like they don't want to be the one to break the bad news or if they'll maybe wait until their options run out and then it'll be, why don't we just make another Aaron and Kumar film? I feel like he might be right, yeah. It's either that or they're giving it, you know, when Floyd used to always say he wanted to fight in the UK. I mean, like, we know yeah. you're not going to find a UK Floyd. Stop, stop trying to drag it. Give us hope. Like Aaron Rodgers, he's like, you know, we would love to come to Wembley. <laughs> we would absolutely love to play a game there. Meanwhile, you're the only team that hasn't come over here. The, the best thing with those is always like, there's no self-analysis. Oh, he's saying this to a British reporter. How interesting. Yeah. Why would he possibly be saying this? Yeah, he's just teasing us. Yeah. Um, when the baby gets high in the van, Kumar tries to calm the baby down by singing a song by Wu-Tang Clan. Um, RZA, the co-founder of Wu-Tang Clan, plays a cameo as one of the brothers selling the Christmas trees. Yeah, yeah. And a point, if, if you were going to nitpick a Harold and Kumar film for plot holes, which seems strange as it is, but <laughs> when they're tied up in... Harold is stuck to the pole and they're with the gangsters. They get gasoline chucked on them and then they escape by the waffle bot shooting a flame that burns through the rope. Yeah. So really, they should, they should have gone up in smoke. That's a much darker film as they get burnt alive. <laughs> it says a lot about the films that I'd never even thought about that before until I saw it written down in front of me. So... I think the person that has picked out quite a specific thing that there are numerous issues. I mean, <laughs> do we not remember the first one with the flying thing? Yeah. I mean, there's numerous issues. Well, it's the second one where they do the like skydive where they cut the first one. Yeah, they do the flying thing in the first one as well, sorry. And they do ride a cheetah in that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just in the middle and of... The second one is called Escape from Guantanamo Bay, for God's sake. <laughs> Where they quite literally sneak out a back door and there's someone there with a boat. The, and they just the let actual them escape from it is relatively irrelevant <laughs> in the film, actually. Um, if we go on to some early categories before we go on to four Christmases. So, rewatchability at one hour 25. We both watched this, would you say, about a month and a half ago, maybe, for the interview we did? Yeah, I was thinking like a couple of months ago in my head, so that sounds about right. I didn't really have any hesitation watching it again. I, I do love the film anyway, but I wasn't like, oh, I watched this pretty recently. And some films, I, I might be like that even if I like them. But And I'll probably yeah. watch this again on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I absolutely agreed. I know I messaged you the other day saying it, and we said it when we did the, yeah. the comedy pods that 
there aren't many things I can think of that are more rewatchable than Harlan Kumar. Any of the no. films, to be honest, I would. But as you said with this one, Aaron 25 as well as I did. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, as excited as I am for the pod next week, I, I am very excited that just for you to see the night before and to hear your take. I'm excited so, for it, yeah. Yeah. Um, best quotes. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> quite a few quotes in this one. Um, I mean, right from the bat, when Kumar is uh, picking up his weed, he says, hey, back at the line tech support, she says, uh, take it easy, Ruby, your little boy can rub his ass on Santa's cock in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that is setting your stall out, that isn't it? <laughs> you know, right, right, I'm in for a good film here. Um, you have a good job, you make good money, you don't beat your wife. What more could a Latino father in law ask for? <laughs> the also, same, uh, sorry, the same, same character. Don't try to call in the tree as a cancer, Harold, about to get rid of it before it kills Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so over the top, right at the start, also, um. After Adrian asked him to go to the Christmas Eve party, and he said, "No can do, man. I have to stay here and smoke this weed. Um, otherwise, I won't get high." Just right <laughs> off the yeah. bat, saying Kumar is the exact same as he is, and that's phony quite low key, really, as well. Yeah. NPH again does just steal the show, mm-hmm. and he's only in ten minutes worth. Yeah, yeah. Grace is. I thought you were gay, and he says, "I'm gay. Gay for that pussy." <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> makes no sense but MPA pulls so it good who's he talking about as well when he says uh, they're talking about the guy I forget the guy's name and he goes that guy gets my gash um, it's uh, Clay Aiken isn't it he says he's a coos yeah that's it yeah <laughs> and I don't know what a coos is but no. I feel like I can surmise it pretty yeah. easily from whenever I've heard it used oh. I think that narrows down to this and the American Pie spin-offs where they nickname a guy the Coos. So that sums it up pretty well, I think. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Don't need to know any more, I don't think. <laughs> Kumar saying, I haven't shaved since you left. Pretty romantic, right? Like Ryan Gosling in The Notebook. <laughs> I was actually asked at work the other day when we were talking about films, you know, do you like, um, like chick flicks? And this was after The Notebook was mentioned. And I was like, I mean, I enjoy a film like Easy A. I mean, I'm not sat at home on my own watching a notebook. So. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, there's a bit reference. of a difference there. Also, it probably is a lot more romantic Ryan Gosling growing a beard for you than if I said to somebody, no, I've not shaved in months. <laughs> so that's not impressive. <laughs> she says it straight up, doesn't she? She also it also looks like you haven't tidied since I left. So, yeah, not so romantic. <laughs> we said about the uh, avatarded quote Harold saying hasn't the whole 3D thing jumped, jumped shark by now and uh, Kenneth doing the thumbs up down the camera in 3D to the yeah. audience <laughs> I know we asked about it I did quite like the very blatant old school 3D where you'd have the the cinema adverts of people like reaching out for the 3D as if a pair of glasses completely took away their sense of all logic <laughs> going to wipe away like slime from in front of their faces with the Spy Kids 3D and all sorts <laughs> that was the best thing about Avatar for me was that as much as everything was 3D it was subtle in the sense that everything everything was 3D it wasn't look at all this 3D we can use here 
like with these films where it was always be something smashed through and a bit of debris would like fly towards you. It'd be like maybe an axe coming out through the screen and that kind of thing. And as it, as we assumed, they were just kind of making a mockery of it in this. You would also like be able to pick out scenes where like, right, there was 3D here, here, here and here. Yeah. It kind of d- probably does undermine a 3D film. Yeah, well, there's the eggs at the start, isn't there, where they throw the egg like right down. The I meant generally for this. I oh, feel yeah. like you can you can kind of get away having a cube. I mean, I don't think you're going in thinking I need this to be the 3D experience. No, no. I think you're getting by. It would have been cool um, seeing this in the cinema, but obviously we were too young at the time. Just wee nippers. Yeah. Um, Harold, I shot Santa in the face. He's real, and I shot him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Koreans has killed his mother and now his tree. Christmas is ruined. That whole thing of him saying how Koreans has killed his mother is, is just so good. By the way, that's critic who's talked about the fucking gasoline, but he shot Santa. <laughs> um, with, uh, with the bit with um, the Koreans, um, the baby having a moustache <laughs> and by moustache. <laughs> Killed me when I saw it. Just when you're looking out the window, <laughs> oh. and then and then like the 3D where they've like blatantly made it over the top, where it's just like Harold in a wig with a moustache, just to make it so much better. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of like racial jokes in here that I think it's bad because they essentially make fun of everyone. Yeah, there's it's no true. holds barred in this. They've they've got enough. It's multicultural enough a film yeah. that they can get away with these things. And he taps the guy on the shoulder outside the church and says, okay, sweetie, they all look the same to me too. <laughs> Old Mexican guys can say what they want as well. That's another rule. <laughs> I, I, I think they say it in the first one as well when uh, Harold asks Kumar what he's doing when he gets the weed out to smoke um, after he opened the present. He says, uh, I'm getting not low. And it just makes me laugh every single time. Probably the most stupid line in the films. The critics will go to town on that because it is you're laughing at it, thinking, Why the fuck was laughing at this? <laughs> they, they pay a bit of homage to the first one with the TV adverts as well, don't they? This one, <laughs> the kid just sticks his fork in the toaster of the waffle bot advert. <laughs> um, when they bring in uh Rosenberg and um, Goldstein. And they, they actually sit down for the White Castle, which is uh, a nice Another, little touch, yeah. but he's um, left his religion behind. <laughs> Next week I'm getting uncircumcised, so I'm going to get my snozzle back. <laughs> and then oh, he about that. change, and he says, aha, it hasn't left you completely, has it? You're right, literally everybody does get it, doesn't they? Because yeah. the Jews as well, jeez. I suppose as, as white people, we are quite untouched, but NPH is our representation in the film, so that might that might say a lot itself. I mean, yeah, I mean that's a rough representation as well. We're <laughs> going to come on to scenes, but uh, Kumar, uh, Miss, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to let you rape my friend on Christmas Eve. <laughs> NPH saying, "Look, don't be alarmed, but I'm going to squirt some lotion on your back in about 35 seconds." <laughs> I think I think I may have told you about that scene before you'd seen it when we did uh, Harold and Kumar the first time around. And MPH just goes up another level each time. I can imagine him seeing the script. Uh, well, actually, he said, didn't he, that 
and BH was fully on board with just going as far as he possibly could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great to hear. I know his uh, husband in the real life, they, they credit him like they do NPH here, where they credit him as a character rather than doing the himself like they usually would. Just yeah, to make yeah. very clear, this is a character. <laughs> I mean, you that would be the ultimate hiding in plain sight if this actually was <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. Says, what did I tell you about tongue? He says, you told me to make it realistic. Yeah, realistic, not fucking gay as shit. Um, I did, I did think, so when she comes to the house to tell Kumar that she's pregnant, and you see this in films all the time, him saying, how do I even know the baby is mine, has to be the single most offensive thing you can say to a pregnant woman. <laughs> uh, yeah, but in this case, is it not that that's supposed to be a sort of thing he's a bit insensitive? So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just meant As a general, wider point, like... you are right there. <laughs> yeah. Imagine saying that. So, unless you have any more quotes, I mean... You can oh, basically think, quote the whole film here, but I tried yeah. to be more selective this time around. I think we have. Uh, I think we've covered the major bases. Best best moment slash scene, as we said. What what jumps out for you? I mean, MPH is great, but his scene is real dark. I mean, it <laughs> really is. With what? the lotion and stuff, and then she is, she does start going like uh, like get off me and stuff, and he's like, obviously <laughs> when he ends up on the floor looking like super creepy. Only what he about can get away with that? Him going to heaven and. Um, being that bad that, that even great. Jesus sends him back. <laughs> Jesus having none of it. Well, he he says, um, uh, "I arrived at Heaven's Gate. It was exactly as I expected, which is some dingy nightclub <laughs> 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 with just levels and levels of people." And the, <laughs> the fact that, and this is my favourite thing about NPH in there. That look, he he is a he's a big star in real life, but in this he is like the. Like it's almost like he is like Leo DiCaprio level in the Harold and Kumar world. Yeah. And the fact that the these women are all surrounding Jesus and then MPH turns up and they're like, <laughs> Oh my god, MPH. Like <laughs> Jesus is like the equivalent of Leo DiCaprio to MPH. Jesus turns around and they've already got like the tits out. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that uh Jesus is that feeble that he needs to call his dad to get rid of MPH because he's this much of a charmer that he can't possibly work his way there. He's too much of a hindrance stuff around. Uh, when, the, they, the... Uh, when they start telling to him about how he were alive and stuff, yeah. he's like, when you got shot, he's like, you have to be more specific. He's like, outside that whole house. He's like, come on. <laughs> the, the slow motion scene with uh, the coat flying everywhere is great. Uh, I, I did like them just coming face to face again we've seen how they've changed opening up the, the the package and seeing their two characters kind of just come straight back out yeah yeah definitely even the ridiculousness of the joint going out the window and back in <laughs> yes <laughs> and as much as we don't know for sure that was almost certainly a 3d scene with it whizzing, whizzing in front of you i'm sure i i assumed that was yeah 3d now i know I know when I used to book the cinema tickets, I was chastised for booking in 3D. Um, and 3D now is more impressive than it was. These cinema adverts used to literally make it look like the things were like right in front of your face kind of thing. And I've not seen any 3D like that. 
Like in the adverts, they would quite literally show so that joint would be like it's like flying past your nose when you you see it in front of the screen, obviously, but you're not, not quite in. <laughs> no, you're not quite in uh, touching distance. There weren't people reaching for it. I bet those cinema screens for these Harold and Kumar films absolutely stunk as well. <laughs> a lot people of people booking an extra seat for Mary Jane. <laughs> oh yeah, that would drive me mental. There would have been a lot of rustling going on. That would drive me insane. Um, other other great scenes. I mean, the yeah. ending with him finally standing up is the most cliche thing. With that dad going, "That's all I ever wanted you to stand up to me." <laughs> <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Yeah. Even him saying cojones, like, you knew he was going to say cojones. <laughs> you just knew it. The Mexican guy was going to say cojones. The, um, you mentioned about the coke scene. Every, the scenes with the baby are hilarious with, on coke. Just yeah. as, as soon as that cupboard door opens, like sprints out of He starts rubbing it on his gums like instantly. <laughs> I mean, this kid must have had a lot of counseling afterwards because <laughs> there's some issues there. No doubt about it. The parents need reporting. But other than that, it was great filming, and the, oh. even the with the weed in the car, because obviously at yeah. first you just see how, I'm sorry, you just see Kumar in the, the oh yeah. shit, there is a baby in there. <laughs> I thought um, it was interesting that um, Todd was telling us. I say that like we're mates. Uh, Todd <laughs> was just telling us, but he said that the side characters there was initially a lot more of them. He did yeah. insinuate that part of it was because um, uh, the guy that played Amir was just his mate basically so he had a bit of company on set sounds like he had a rough a rough ride there trying to get everyone on board but worked out for the good in the end but oh, yeah, i don't know if that would have worked he, he that aid the guy is adrian is it yeah 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 he, he was just made someone there yeah, even better got him a good gig there he's good it is as much as he was funny i did agree with his sentiment that he said essentially people just wanted to see more Harold and Kumar. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I, you needed the side characters in there, but you, you obviously you, you're not getting, you don't want too much of them. But I thought they got the right balance. with, And they were they were likeable and funny as well. Yeah. It wasn't like when they were flicking to their scenes, you thought, oh, I don't give a fuck about these guys. They were interesting as well. Because this, I'm sure this is, um, we've had this before, and I, I, was, I was trying to think of a film just before we did it. Well, actually, it was um, it was our American Pie two interview, wasn't it? Where they were going to give some backstory to Stifler, and then essentially, we we don't need any. We just want to see more Stifler. We don't need to see anything about why he's like it. Anything, just give us more Stifler, and that's essentially what this is. Yeah, in, in a way, again, like with Stifler, you don't really not just that you don't need it. You don't really want it. I don't think. No, I think you really want an explanation as to why. It, it's probably a pretty dark explanation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's kind of like uh, to stay topical. Maradona this week. It would it would be far better if in in your head he was just an angel. Like obviously the the the, the cult figure goes with it, but say he hadn't been beating up his uh, his wives and his girlfriends, and he had no criminal charges of that regard. If you could just be ignorant, and for, for a lot of it. There's a, there's a lot of celebrities where if you could just be ignorant and not know, then you'd feel a lot better watching their things. I had to go without uh, listening to the Ignition remix for a long time. I don't feel so bad now he's locked up. So, <laughs> I listen to the Ignition remix, you get an extra 0.06p to put towards uh, 
a Yorkie in prison, and we're both happy. But have you gone back to bump and grind or for the last another level? I'd 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 avoided it because I was just avoiding all all our Kelly, and then when we did the Project X rewatch for the JB interview, mm. and he says, oh, "I love this song." I was like, I, I can't not listen to this anymore. Because <laughs> for a while, I was just playing the, the Project X soundtrack all over again. And that's so different to the rest of what's on there that when it came on, I was I can't not play this. This is too good. Well, it's good to know your, your, your morals are that easily bent. That's fantastic. Well, no, now, now he's locked up. I don't feel so bad. Interesting. Interesting. Some justice is being served. Listen, this isn't the judgment. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't think I stopped listening to it, so... I'm paying credit to those people behind the scenes, the people that doctored the beat, the people that uh, did the editing there. Yeah, the look, don't don't let one bad it. apple spoil it. <laughs> it's very, a very, very bad apple. <laughs> if, to be fair, if that apple is um, on the bat, you probably just pick up another batch. So in this case, the bad apple probably would spoil everything for you. You probably went to a different shop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think for the other I categories, the, sorry. The party scene is pretty hilarious. The beer pong is obviously great, and when the uh, when the Russians first walk in on them, and obviously they're at either end of the door, this is <laughs> classic. I can't think of a, a bad beer pong scene in a film. No, you're absolutely right there. They always get the, the perfect level of tension there as well, even when you know what the answer is going to be. When I, when I went through the phase of watching all of Hell's Kitchen on Amazon Prime, you very quickly see that every single task does end up going down to the final dishes each time. <laughs> and so these beer pong You're ones... You're spotting the nice trend. And, yeah, with, the, with these beer pong ones, it is nice and easy. And it's very quick, just chuck them in, show them a li- looking a little bit more worse for wear. And then let's have the grand finale when one of them's got two cups left and one of them's got one. There is, they do seem to succeed at making them hilarious as well. But they could just be like, oh, this is a bit played out, but they are always fucking genius. I was thinking the one in 21 and over where he says, uh, this one is for Apollo, this one's for Apollo Creed. We'll never forget <laughs> yeah, him. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the best lives of the film, I think. That's yeah, yeah, it definitely is. If we go on to Four Christmases, because we'll come back around uh, for well, if I, the I just remember, this is very, very odd yeah. niche, but the, all that cover of that thing with Tim Sherwood on it said, like, for all this, for that, for Diana. What have you just thought about? <laughs> that's, that's very niche. But I've, I you've been that to be the last time I hear Apollo Creed and Diana in the same sentence. Oh, that see. could be a good spin-off. <laughs> you know, both were toasted too, both taken before their time. <laughs> you saying toasted then, I I didn't take that as, and I thought you were being really dark. It's all right, I've kept it light, it's all right, it's fine. Yeah, we'll move on. <laughs> four Christmases then. A couple struggles to visit all four of their divorced parents on Christmas. They're not charming you with that synopsis, but thankfully we do have Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon there. That do all the charming you need. So Vince awful, in particular for the pod. <laughs> Some someone uh, when I was speaking about this film, and they said, "Oh, I can't stand Vince Vaughn." <laughs> Excuse me. 
So that's the what? only reason we're talking about this film is because Vince Vaughn's in it. My words. Um, this is the first time you'd seen the film. Uh, yes. I assume it charmed you. It definitely did charm me. Um, I do have some thoughts on yeah. the ending and stuff. The I've got some strong thoughts on that. I don't know where, where, at what point we'll... We'll, we'll get that, there. But... We'll get there. Yeah. But no, I've got that. Was I think I even messed you before you watched it. So I'm looking forward to us discussing the ending. I've only just re- remembered that you said that. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that does tally up perfectly. Well, with my thoughts. I'll give you the critics' reviews now because there's a lot of people that weren't charmed by this. So uh... I did think as I was watching, the critics aren't going to be <laughs> forgiving here. Um, thanks to a satisfying performance by Witherspoon and Vaughan's dependable comic chops. Four Christmases is a modestly entertaining holiday film for the entire family. A tried and true formula. Seems a, reach. <laughs> a tried and true formula. That's like a repackaged Christmas gift. It's sort of comforting in its predictability, but totally lacking in solid film form and originality. Maybe if Four Christmases had extended itself beyond white trash targets and projectile <laughs> vomiting, we could have been talking about a new Christmas classic right now. <laughs> I did, I don't think this was ever going to be a, a classic that I could always talk about. Um, moviegoers heading to see the romantic comedy Four Christmases might want comedy, Christmas cheer, and chemistry, but nobody gets everything on their wish list. <laughs> How many Academy Award winners can a studio put in one cast and still turn out a bad movie? Although not a Yuletide classic. Four Christmases is better than most of the holiday-oriented slop for that in recent years. That's a backhanded compliment if you've ever seen one. I feel like it might be the best we're getting now. <laughs> for all of its snarky holiday family bashing, Four Christmases wimps out in the final third act and reaffirms all the traditional values it affects to mock. <laughs> it's hard to argue with that. The next one. Oh, the hilarity of hating your family at the holidays. <laughs> maybe the most honest review we'll see I hope I meet a girl one day who's simple, who simple I hope I meet a girl one day who will simply settle for me like Reese Witherspoon not a blonde though, sorry, not my type <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible uh, now they've got a couple of dark ones here so Witherspoon and Vaughan are physically ill-matched. She's never looked tinier, while the always gigantic Vaughan has put on so much weight that I half expected the big plot revelation to be the fact that he'd eaten her twin sister. That was the Daily Mail, if you wondered. Of course. Fat shaving was a lot easier back then as well. You really could (laughs) go to town on people. Um, The difference between the average unfunny comedy and this one is the difference between Grandpa telling you knock-knock jokes and Grandpa's telling you knock-knock jokes with his bathrobe open as his hand creeps up your thigh. <laughs> that person has got some personal demons that yeah. I, I think they need to confront. They're projected. I didn't get that from this. <laughs> um, it's not boring enough to be irritating and not funny enough to be entertaining. It's just not worth the trouble. <laughs> I think that's worse than the last two. I, I think that's the, maybe the worst we've ever heard. <laughs> just not You'd worth rather the get trouble. a really bad review. Not worth the trouble. I was trying to think of another film. I think it's not worth the trouble. Because even films I dislike, 
it's at least worth watching so you can enter the conversation when it's mentioned. Like Mad Max. That wasn't worth the trouble a second time around, but first time around, it probably was worth the trouble. Is your recent pods anything to go by? I felt harsh doing that, and I shouldn't reference that so soon in case there are certain people listening to this. It wasn't me that criticised it, if anyone is listening. It wasn't me. I guess it, I guess it was a seamless link to, you do have another podcast on. There you go. Exactly. So, I mean, that's the reviews here. I've got some trivia. There's not much. So, Shocking. during the filming of the dinner sequence, Reese Witherspoon was hit in the face with a ceramic plate and required five stitches, which delayed the shoot for three days. Oh, God. Yeah. I can't serious. imagine her reacting well to that either. Like, no, I can, no. I see her <laughs> taking names. <laughs> um, According to director Seth Gordon, the film's subject is the difficulty all people have of reconciling who they are and the person they're supposed to be, which is why it's so hard to spend Christmas with one's family and why it can engender uneasiness. Naturally, he also felt Christmas was an amazing playground for comedy. That's the one he really meant. The first one just sounded good to him. The, the, the first one is absolutely right. Then They just don't tackle it. <laughs> they just... <laughs> Um, here's an interesting one all four cast members portraying the parents are Oscar winners Robert Duval in Tender Mercies Sissy Spasek in Cole Milner's Daughter John Voight in Coming Home and Mary Steenburgen in, in Melvin and Howard oh, all, is it? so you've got an elite cast there um, and perhaps the two most interesting uh, Vince Vaughn didn't go out to promote the movie after it's rumoured in gossip columns that he and Reese Witherspoon did not get along throughout filming so, according to reports, Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn hated each other during filming. Nobody knows exactly why, but during production, a number of stories leaked to the press about the tension on set. The Daily News quoted sources who gossiped about how the star's personalities clashed. They said, Vince rolls onto set in the morning looking like he just came in from a night out, while Reese will arrive early looking camera ready. Then Reese tries to force Vince into blocking out each scene and running through their lines as Vince tries to convince her that he's an ad-libber and wants to play around and see where the scene goes. It got so bad that Reese refused to film a steamy sex scene with Vaughn. Oh, Jesus. Also sounds entirely believable. I was about to say, there is a lot of believability <laughs> to that. Uh... We've done, what, two interviews about Vince Vaughn films. One of them said, and quoted a story about him having a night out before filming the next day, and being annoyed when someone wanted to leave during it. And the other one said about how he loved to not have his lines and just ad-lib and roll with the punches as they did the scene. <laughs> so maybe we can start selling stories to these gossip club. And Vince Vaughn in prison, someone in a strip club. When I put it on Reddit, the story about him in the strip club, and some guy commented on there saying... Uh, Vince Vaughn's an arsehole, and someone replied saying, don't take it out on us for what Vince Vaughn did to your mother. Do not take it out on us. <laughs> I like that we've got someone siding with us. It's <laughs> on our team. I posted it on a um, Las Vegas story Reddit page as well, so I bet there were some interesting people in there. Reddit seems to be dangerous fucking ground. People just yeah. seem to be some loose cannons on there. Yeah, I posted the Home Alone interview on there. Someone commented saying, uh, were 
Devin Rattray and uh, Joe Pesci even in any scenes together? I had to reply no. Hence why I said stories from on set with each other, not while filming. Some of these people need uh, everything told to them. Rewatchability then. So this one is an hour and 20, I believe. So it's even shorter than Harold and Kumar mm. Christmas and put straight down to business. They both nailed cool. the sort of timings, haven't they? Cool little opening scene where they reveal they do know each other and this is just the, their way of uh, keeping things fresh. Vince Vaughn probably enjoyed, depending on the order of filming, the chance to call Reese Witherspoon a bitch and tell her to <laughs> stay where she was. They do have a kind of sex scene there as well, so there was a bit yeah. of a... Reese Witherspoon was like, that is where I draw the line. Or it's meant to be filmed in the morning. And she said, have you seen how he comes in in the morning? I'm not filming with him then. <laughs> it's a sexy in a toilet, love. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I, I do... I put Reese Witherspoon in that bracket of um, actors where they must have it quite easy because they seem to just play different iterations of themselves in each film. But I've never seen a Reese Witherspoon character that I think is beyond the realms of how she truly is. Yeah. If you follow her on Instagram, she is very much like every character she plays. I thought she might be going a little bit... At the start of this, she's a little bit more... I don't know. I'm resisting the word quirky, but I guess that's why I'm going. Yeah. A little bit more like that. And then maybe part of my resentment of it, she does straighten out. Very much so. One dodgy pregnancy test and she's she's a changed woman. But we'll we'll definitely get to that because we've got to have a big conversation about the ending, but I just don't want to sour things first. She really was reaching for that pregnancy test, by the way. (laughs) She just thought, I'll piss on this for the sake of it. It'd be like Um, me pissing on it. Hey, Vince doesn't like pulling out. That's one thing we know about Vince. <laughs> We're painting quite an interesting image of it, aren't we? <laughs> Rewatchability for for this. Look nice and easy. No, you don't have to get too deep with this. Um, Vince Vaughn is... Vince Vaughn basically gets the freedom to do Vince Vaughn, so the director has done the right thing there. There's, there's plenty of his lines in this that you could just switch and put in Wedding Crashes with the way he talks. And it's just, that's just him being let loose. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess the, the thing you just said about Reese Witherspoon, I guess we could definitely apply to Vince, but yeah. it's less of, it seems less critical when we talk about him. We want him to just be himself. Yeah. The, the, the car journeys each time were, were tremendous between. I got some quotes from that. We'll go on to the quotes, actually. Well, it's funny you say about the supposed beef between them. I, I did think we'll obviously talk about it later. I did think there was good chemistry between them. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So... And I saw that trivia before watching it again. So I was kind of looking right. out to see, is there a point where things look a bit like awkward here? But yeah, yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't think so. Um, the, the bit I laughed the, the most at was when they're on the way to the third house, I believe. No, they've left from doing the uh, guessing game, the taboo game. And Reese Witherspoon says, I'd like to know that you'll be there for me in a crisis. If we were on a plane and it was going down, I'd pass out. I'd like to know that you would put my mask on before your own. And Vince Vaughn, in his Vince Vaughn way, says, well, I wouldn't. And the FAA <laughs> wouldn't, want, wouldn't want me to either. And then goes on, as he does, like in the internship and wedding crashes, where he essentially just talks at 100 miles an hour and just rips off like these 
untold scenarios that he goes all in on. But I properly like laughed out loud at that when he said, well, I wouldn't. Because you know it's coming the second she says, yeah. putting the mask on bit. And then the execution is just perfect. Uh, and the whole thing of, obviously, just don't say it, Vince. Don't say it. Give yourself a quiet life. Is I wouldn't. Like, okay, he's done it. And her looking outraged at it. And it is the classic thing that you would see with, whether it's the tweeting, whether it's in films, where despite that being the sensible thing to do, despite that being the rules, that they would be genuinely annoyed by you saving yourself rather um, than putting the mask on them first. And the sort of knowing what she's with, knowing who she's with, <laughs> but just still being absolutely dumbfounded <laughs> that he would say this. I think it was particularly a nice touch to quote the FAA rather than just the airport staff. <laughs> yeah. that, that completed it for me. Um, when they've gone through the photo albums and uh, Kate says, Joe wasn't gay. And he said, okay, Kate, haircuts don't lie. <laughs> which is probably a good mantra to live by I'm an easygoing guy I shave my head <laughs> you're not getting much maintenance with me that's true if, if a bloke's been a awful lot of time on his head that, that does say something about him <laughs> um, you can't smell families without lies try it that is, that is a great that is a great line my childhood was like the Shawshank Redemption except I didn't have some old warm black man to share my story with <laughs> Robert Duval's uh, boys, I don't want to speak ill of your mother on Christmas. She's nothing about a common street hall. <laughs> His guys are great. He doesn't have much in there, but he is brilliant. How good is, is the nativity scene? Oh, sensational. Seen right before when he says, My wife's pregnant, it's not my baby. But yet I'm cool with it because God's the one that got her pregnant. And then she interrupts him and he said, Look, I'm trying to get into character here. <laughs> I don't have it written down, but that's when it starts after that, where she says, well, I'm throwing her under the bus. <laughs> She's saying, oh, look, I think if you're honest, I had to carry the play for the both of us. <laughs> I think I hit it at the park. Yeah. That was classic Vince. That, that was brilliant. He says about like methods of acting and all sorts in there. <laughs> he says, woman, swallow this baby. <laughs> <laughs> Any the, uh, time I've heard a bloke refer to their word as woman, is you just know it's never ended well there. You're bracing yourself as well. <laughs> <laughs> the interaction with uh, Brad is... Uh, um, no, sorry, with... Um, the name of the one who's going out of his... Yeah. Look, Brad, I'm not trying to be your father. You already got one of those. I'm just trying, <laughs> hoping to be your friend. Like, you weren't my friend, Daryl. My best friend. Him <laughs> justifying it, I never had a sexual thought with your mum until <laughs> I was 30. <laughs> When he says, the, Brad, can you leave it alone? You can't be my friend anymore. You can't just leave my mum and still be my friend. Which is a good rule. Like, I don't care how good of a friend you are. That just isn't going to work. No, no. I think that's done at that point. Stifler was actually dealt with it quite well. Remarkably understanding. He shouldn't, have been, in, he shouldn't have been able to be in the same room as Finch. I mean, are they even friends, though? <laughs> they are just held together by mutual friendships. <laughs> Um, a, a point to note in that thing with uh, Brad speaking to Daryl he says you were my friend we used to smell each other's hands <laughs> there's always something a bit weird for an into a yeah. right as well though you, you've got Graham Graham saying uh, she can increase the frequency of which she pleasures milk with her hands and mouth <laughs> yeah I was in bits when I heard that I will admit that was hilarious 
I don't think I had any more down, and it's definitely infinitely more quotable than even we could do justice for here, because truly every time I think Vince even starts speaking, especially in the first half of the film, but it's usually like a long, long form one where the, him and Reese Witherspoon are like playing off each other. Yeah. When the like family are saying, Are oh, you going to have kids? Are oh, you going to get married? And they're doing the back and forth, like punch for punch, and then ending it with the what? But I mean, each to their own. I'm sure it's a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A point of note I had that I wrote down um, I thought when you take her character into account and what we would say about her normally, I don't think Reese Witherspoon leaves it till the day of the holiday to pack. No, no, firmly agree. Even her character, no matter how laid back, she's still pretty on it. Especially with Vince being like he is, you couldn't risk it. You couldn't just <sighs> be going, I'm going to, you're packing a week in advance if you're a... When he picks up, when he says he's picked up the headphones, she says, oh, I've been hinting. What are you buying yourself then? <laughs> Cheek of it. <laughs> Maybe that's where things started to go downhill. That was a red flag for it. I did think with the, with the holiday thing, and maybe Sean I've heard use uh, several sentiments before where Kate says, do you not feel like maybe we've done this holiday before? And then Vince Vaughn's saying, well, no, we, we went diving in. I can't remember where he says. So he went Tenerife. Uh, this is diving in Fiji. It's going to be completely different. Where they literally doing the same holiday, just in a different place. I know yeah. I've heard Sean complain about resource holidays before, as if he wouldn't be happy with a little centre parks trip. His point is valid. Resorts are literally it doesn't matter where you are, Tenerife, yeah. Gran Canaria, whatever they are, what they are. But, <laughs> and I guess that was the point of this. I guess is scuba diving. Is it just the same shit yeah. no matter where? You are? <laughs> The best thing is, is that they think on this. Their lies are believable. So obviously each year they're telling them, yeah. oh, <laughs> sorry, we just happened to be going to Burma or whatever. Well, she's shocked when her dad pulls her up at the end. Like, you knew. Exactly. <laughs> That's the sort of lie you're telling. Like, they know I'm lying here, but I'm just making the point of doing it. It's the kind of lie a, a, a bloke tells in a night out to a bird thinking that she might genuinely believe this. Yeah, yeah. He's shocked she hasn't believed this chat. She's just gone along with it. <laughs> it's rather than be rude. Best moment slash scene for me probably would be the uh, would be the nativity scene. That is sensational. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good. And I, I thought the uh, obviously it happens again right at the end, but the the baby throwing up scene yeah. is hilarious just for Vince because I can't be around. I can't be around. <laughs> well, I'll end up being sick. The critics hated that. <laughs> That's that is like so many blokes that is I, I experienced it before. That. You know, I can't, I can't no. get it away from me. I like when you hear of birds like regularly like holding their friend's hair back where they can spew. Could not do that. Whether he, I don't care how good of a friend you are, you're gonna be on your own if you're spewing. <laughs> even the sound, even the sound's bad. That's Coming up from the gut. Yeah. You can hear it come all the way. The chunks hitting wherever they're going. The splatter. Oh, Christ. I wish they could measure the speed at which that comes out because I'm going <laughs> to be coming out at some velocity. We could get, if, if we were if we we're a serious film pod, which is probably fair, 
if we were to go into into depth as to how they do the sit, compare it to the in between as one of the literally just the tube beyond the ear just blurting out. My my other contender for best moments would be where I said that that car journey where he's reflecting on his performance in the play and talking about the FAA. That is great. You're right. The the car scenes with them together are are brilliant. The, the first um, one where they sorry. No, carry on. I was going to say the first one where they ascertain their safe word, then he makes her say it. He's like, what is it? All right, well, let's be going then. See ya. I'm actually impressed how long she holds out as well. Because yeah. <laughs> I think pretty, oh, maybe five minutes. Into, I mean, that Dallas and Denver obviously come in and wrestle him straight away. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly, as soon as she finds out his name's actually Orlando, I think she should be going, mistletoe, we're out of here. <laughs> well, when he says, like, they're trained UFC fighters, as in, one person walks in, two people walk in, one person walks out. They are human cockfighters. <laughs> she emasculates him good and proper as well. It's like, like half the size of you. So give the guy <laughs> yeah. a break. Even at, even at the end, telling him, look, I'm proud of you. She's not. That's probably where things start going downhill. She's like, I yeah. want a son to grow big. I'm brave and be able to protect me because he can't. <laughs> Maybe if you had a film crossover, this is what makes Vince become the guy he does in Brawl in Cell Block 99 where he's a savage. Yeah. He also looks massive in that. When he's, we know he's a big guy anyway, as that critic <laughs> remarked. As <laughs> so kindly pointed out. Well, that being said, like, how tall do they want them to be? Because it's going to look even more strange if we've got some like six four stacked bird next to Vince Vaughn <laughs> yeah yeah she's always going to be small next to Vince that's fine she doesn't even look as small as um, Kate Veach in Dodgeball she no, looks I, smaller I, than Bruce Willis I didn't think it was you know uncomfortably I did but only because I'd seen that review beforehand where I was like right. okay <laughs> <laughs> he is very big <laughs> we'll, we'll do the we'll do the uh, categories alongside but if we talk about the ending first because I know that's a category but We'll probably have a bit more talking about it. Yeah. I guess it, if see if your feelings the same as mine, they have their first bit of friction in their relationship, and that essentially is solved within twenty minutes by going, "Yeah, you know what? Let's have a kid. That'll sort it." <laughs> Even then, he's not fully on board because he's saying, "Not straight away," just to confirm, "Not straight away." <laughs> We're having one. They've done the tried and tested formula of our relationships failing, so we a kid to fix it. And as much as he doesn't take long to think about it, she doesn't take long to think about it either. She has a split second of thinking, do I want a kid? And then it's just fully on board with the idea. It's like a kid walking past an action figure in a shop and being like, there is no other toy that is ever going to make me happy other than that one right now. <laughs> so she's spoiled, really. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Because she spent her life saying how she didn't want it and has flipped on a coin. It's unfair on Vince. Yeah, yeah, it's not what he signed up for. I mean, and, and that's where my beef actually does kind of lie with this, is that at first, I guess it's twofold. At first you thought they were a different couple. They weren't about this. So that's kind of refreshing. And how they sort of, uh, you know, bounced off each other was, was cool. And he thought, they're a different couple. They end up being like every other couple ever, <laughs> where, whereby, really, they've with 15 minutes to go, they've established we are not compatible. She wants something. <laughs> he doesn't want it. <laughs> But they've both gone back to their parents and realised, you know what? The alternative is a lot less fun. So we're just going to get back together. 
<laughs> we thought, yeah. we've looked into the abyss and we thought, I've got two choices here. I can have a life of misery with you or I can have crippling loneliness and I chose misery. That That's all relationships are, essentially. It's just that bargain. Which you can choose? And I they thought, we, we'll sign up together. We don't want to be harsh on Vince. Is there a point where he looks at Reese Witherspoon and is like, I've peaked here. It's probably not getting any better after this. Well, that's, that's, that's the other thing with it, I guess, is that in... In these films, it's maybe supposed to be different, but it's, again, it's just become, rather than like a warm Christmas film, kind of like a gritty real-life film where they've both accepted, you know what, we're probably not doing better than the other here. He's, he's reasonable, got a reasonable job. She's unbelievably fit, and I'm never going to get better than her. So we've both settled. We've both just, consciously or unconsciously, we've got a handshake here. We go, okay, we'll, we'll, we're not going to test free agency. We're just going to leave, we're going to go together. I, I think, Ruth Witherspoon as well is um, she's the type who isn't going to hide when she's when she's displeased. So I can imagine when they're in this long relationship, she's just going to kind of be passive aggressive in her lifting her eyebrows. Maybe it's something he's done. So you, 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 you couldn't have done a bit better than that. Or I suppose it's not bad, but. Oh look at look at what he's like with his kids. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah. you couldn't yeah, you settle down like with that. her. She'd be too intimidating. Sean will co-sign <laughs> that. Yeah, you, you might be right. She she goes past the nurturing side and is is the right. You need to meet my expectations side. Yeah, and look, she's bullied him into having a kid. Yeah. Like I said, this is not the uh, the warm fuzzy Christmas feeling we wanted. This is actually just what happens in life. That's not what we came to this film for. Yeah, what did it wait? Three months, and then. Uh, I mean, he makes very clear in he he's in no rush to have this kid, and a year later they've got a kid. That that tells you all you yeah. need to know. Maybe it's an elaborate scheme to avoid their family at Christmas. Just, the moral of the story isn't even that they can get on with their families afterwards, because he goes to visit his dad. Is basically his dad basically tells him what a cretin he is, and how look you ain't getting better than this. You better run back there. And that scares him into it. They, yeah, they stick together out of despair, essentially, <laughs> at, at the prospect of having to be single or spend time with their family. I'd also like to work with that hospital that's just allowing these news cameras to barge in on a family that's just gone through labour. <laughs> that is that is hilarious, though. <laughs> Them being caught on camera twice was just, obviously, because ridiculously outlandish. But so good. It, the cameras in there does feel like an only in America thing. Like that might not be outrageous over there when they're watching. I this. believe there is actually a thing. I, I don't know if that's still a thing, but once upon a time, that all oh, the first baby of the year, I do think that was actually sort of a uh, news material. Well, remember when? Um, Presumably, the, you know, the placenta was off first. They weren't <laughs> fresh. When we did, I can't believe that was on TV, and there was the game where they were getting the, the game show hosts, and they were going in and interrupting women that were in labour and asking the quiz questions to try and win things for their kids while they were giving birth <laughs> they didn't last very long on TV that was sensational Celtic squandered that 2-0 lead and lost 4-2 so Neil Lennon might be getting that chop after all yeah I think he's done isn't he if you are a mid-level manager these days you probably are thinking I'm not taking another job that one is a bit of me Eddie Howe is licking his lips <sighs> Tricky, isn't it? Well, anyway, yeah. but that's a, that's that's a, a Monday night topic. <laughs> um, let's get on to the 
Kind comparisons of. then. So only two of us here, so we might have some ties. Which did you prefer? I preferred Harden Kuma. No tie there. I think we've been unanimous so far. Oh, we're only in one week, I suppose. Um, <laughs> rewatchability, which did you prefer? Yeah, again, Harden Kuma for the reasons stated. Best quote, which you going for? That's tough. I thought. I think Four Christmases probably gets it, you know. I'm trying to think which of them, but... I'm just looking back over the ones I had down. I think the quote this time around, and it does change each time I watch it, was probably uh, Koreans have killed his mother and now his tree. Christmas is ruined. (laughs) (laughs) Or I am gay, gay for that pussy. (laughs) Calling him a coos and then saying he gets gets mad gash is pretty good, actually, isn't it? But in terms of this time around, and it's tough because I've seen the Harold and Kumo one that many times, his interaction about that he wouldn't put the mask on is, is the most I laughed across the two days of watching the film. So Four Christmases will get my vote there. Yeah, I you can't spell family out without lies. It was hilarious and a little bit deep and dark as well. <laughs> and, but I, I did proper... This is maybe a little little gross, but when, when the grandma does say about the grandma, <laughs> pleasure more freaking me in my hands and mouth I thought this is obviously very very crude but I find it hilarious <laughs> right. um, best moment slash scene for you can I say the MPH scene is that that, that if I was going Harold and Kumar would probably be my go to the tough one with Harold and Kumar is it, it does feel like just one long scene the film like, it really no, does doesn't it it's not no real breakdown if it was a book there wouldn't be any chapters would there it would just no. be one long read through for me, it would probably be the NPH scene up against uh, the nativity scene. But I do love the beer pong scene as well, just for the pure ridiculousness of the bouncing off everything. I'll probably go the NPH scene, because I do laugh about each time, as horrific as it is. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go with it. Do you reckon this would be one of those things where you look back in 10 years' time, and like, what the hell will we do it? Like this was people actually put up with this scene. <laughs> like, I think hey, look, we didn't. We didn't I think sign that's up on now. It. To be fair, <laughs> it just might be the outline. Yeah, I, yeah, true. But you know, if the, if the direction things tend to go. If you think we're, you know, yeah, in sensitive times now, stands to reason in ten years' time, it's going to be more. Yeah, MVP here. Sean's not here, so we really can just make our own version of this. Um, I quite like. I've said it before, but I like the uh, included with the Leslie Mann Hall of Fame. I like the ambiguity of the MVP. <laughs> of Leslie Mann. It can go any way. I like it. Well, for this, the MVP where Sean's is usually which film could survive without the character. We essentially have Harold or Kumar, and then Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon spending Christmas on their own. So neither film really holds up particularly well. Pretty tragic, actually. Yeah, I was I was about to say I think Vince is carrying that load, but I do think Reese Witherspoon. No, I do think she is a. It is a good partnership as well. So I'm a, in a and bit of a quandary. When we did Harold and Kumar before, NPH got MVP. So as well as best side character, presumably. Yeah. <laughs> Impressive. What are you going for for MVP? If Vince is in, I normally have to go for him, so I'll go for him. But it's, I won't disagree on this occasion. I, I think he's... I don't know if Batman's the Robin, but he's, he's close, whereas Harold and Kumar says a good even split. Yeah. Um, 
Christmas Angel then, so we've got some contenders here. Is it Harold's bird? Is it Reese Witherspoon? If you put yourself in Vince shoe, Vince's shoes, can Reese Witherspoon charm you into having that kid? Yes. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Not much hesitation there. <laughs> no, no, I don't... Look, Vince said he wasn't going to have one and ended up a year later with a kid, so that he had the same sort of thoughts as me. I don't care if he's probably successful in his job or whatever, it doesn't matter. She's one out of his league. He's got to do what he's got to do. I'm, look, I'm going with uh, Maria for Christmas agent myself. Well, her her um, tact of getting the kid was a bit more upfront, as she um, just said, fuck a baby into me. Yeah, I mean, that's a hilarious line anyway. But just before then, there is nothing I think can be almost less written of than I'm ovulating. Oh, <laughs> no. It just shrank up inside my stomach. I can't. Sorry, no. It's not happening. So did, did did the last half an hour change your opinion there as to who the Christmas angel was? In, in all honesty, compared to why Maria obviously isn't really in this film an awful lot as well. Reese was in with a chance of charming me. I thought Maria, going into the film, Maria was ahead. I thought, oh, Reese, first half of the film, she got a bit about her. You're right. Once she, once she just became like every other stock female <laughs> character in one of these films that just wanted a baby, I was like, no, sorry. We're, we're back well, to Maria. On the opposite side, you, you, you've probably got the poor parenting in uh, Kumar's bird, who essentially says, look, I don't want you to give up weed for the kid. I wouldn't ask you to do that. Like that's a really nice thing. <laughs> like it it should be a deep choice that he really should have to make. She's taking the choice out of his hands. I mean, the, I know it's it's hard and cumulus. I don't take it too too seriously, but I'm not sure he's learned that much really. No. He's just kind of <laughs> said he needs to be a bit more responsible, but I show no indication he's gonna be. And then he says, oh, I'll give up weed. She goes, nah, don't worry about it, actually. You know, I've wanted you to grow up, actually. I'm not that bothered. But I don't disagree with uh, Maria being our Christmas angel. So in the in the second hour of the game, I thought Vanessa was uh, in with a chance of being up there with Maria, frankly. I thought she was but, uh, she was an angel in that film, but obviously in this one, there's less of her. You don't see her too much. No chance of a weedy being our Christmas angel. <laughs> Biggest no. Scrooge. So fuck, I forgot the biggest Scrooge one. Yeah, so four Christmases, it's kind of take your pick. I mean, the least Christmassy people in the film are probably Vince and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. And the biggest Scrooge in Harold and Kumar is probably the murderous mobster Sergei Katzel. Yeah, as he is trying to kill people on Christmas. Yeah, he does not give a toss. Danny Trejo is simultaneously the least and most Christmassy person yeah, ever. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> definitely the most Christmassy. Takes it more seriously than anyone, but by the same token. Well, the, his main takeaway from uh, Koreans killing his mother on Christmas is to make him more Christmassy. That really should have <laughs> ruined his Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So... The tree was also the focus of all of it. It's not the. Yeah. <laughs> so Sergei Katsov is going to get my uh, pick for biggest Scrooge. I'll probably best side character. On the agenda, we've probably got NPH, Weedy, 
Four Christmases, side characters, essentially anyone that isn't Reese Witherspoon or Vince Vaughn. So, I think Could Robert Duvall's uh... character is good in that. I think he's good fun. Obviously, they don't use John Favreau too much, really, no. which is a shame. He could have. I feel like that was a favour to Vince more than anyone. Yeah, I'll, I'll make an appearance sort of job. I, I think it's got to be MPH, really. Yeah. Relatability. It's got to be four Christmases for me. Mainly just the car journeys between households on Christmas. Give me a few years, it could be very relatable. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Howling Kumar thing, I guess, with the beer pong. I guess going into a party where you don't fully know people and stuff, that's a good... Well, that was a good relatability one. Have Especially you got a trick shot in there like uh, Harold? Yeah, yeah no, not got that level of trick shot. Especially now, when basically how they're sort of like, who the fuck are these old guys? I think <laughs> they are kind of reaching an age where if we go to something, it's a bit like I'm probably one of the oldest ones here. Yeah, but uh, it's just from probably uh, being a little bit more normal. It's probably about before Christmas is more late, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, who overcomes more to save Christmas? Got to be Harold and Kumai. Oh. They overcome <laughs> Russian mobsters. They overcome free. incredible lengths to save Chris. And they nurse Santa back to health, so. After shooting him. <laughs> Which one gives you more Christmas spirit? I don't know if this is going to sound rogue, but Harold and Kumai. Yeah, absolutely. For Chris, the, the trajectory is on just completely crashes. Just, <laughs> the message that you're saying just gets lost. Um. Best soundtrack. For Christmas, they seem to just do like classic Christmas songs that are just then more upbeat. I don't know what sort of versions of these songs they've got. Yeah, I was just trying like, to go back. Like a techno track going like I'm dreaming of a white <laughs> Christmas. Like, this doesn't make any sense. They were trying to make it hip. Look, I was tapping my toes, so it did its job. You do have Baby is Cold Outside in uh, Four Christmases. Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Jingle Bell Rock, Oh Little Town at Bethlehem. I'll be home for Christmas, which kills me because I have to work in the co-op. They must have had that song about four times on their Christmas CD. <laughs> so that on repeat, you're hearing it like every three songs. Um, I mean, you've got some Wu-Tang in with uh, Harold and Kumar Christmas. You've got it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, the Perry Como version. Um, you've got some Tchaikovsky for the scene of uh, a slow motion snowstorm. You've got some Drop It Like It's Hot, Ben Crosby. I think I think it's going to be Harold and Kumar Christmas. There isn't much in it when I'm looking at like the list, but Neil Patrick Harris performing Santa Claus is Coming to Town gives it a boost for a start. And I think they used it better. Everything tied in rather than it kind of just being there a bit more in Four Christmases. To be honest, I have this as a sort of a a nil-nil with MPH winning yeah. it on penalties with his little number, so I'll probably go with Harold and Kumar just. Best tree. Not good for Harold and Kumar if it loses this after the whole basis of the film being about the tree. Yeah, I feel like we had to. I feel like this, this section was made for him. <laughs> it's actually made for the night before, which you'll see next week. Um, originality. was somewhat in a tricky position here, because like that critic said of... Uh, Hating your family during the holiday season, <laughs> original. And then Harold and this, Kumar is obviously the third edition of Harold and Kumar. It's the first stoner Christmas film I've ever seen. And Harold and Kumar is its own sort of brand. Yeah. So the fact that 
they've done a third one. Albeit it's a third one, it is still its original sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. So that that was my thinking of it. Yeah. Uh, bigger impact. Not sure either of these had a huge impact. No. Let <laughs> me uh, have a quick look. I'm interested to see what the box office was for both because Fairy Harold and Kumar Christmas made 36 million. Four Christmases made 164 million. Christ alive. I mean, that is the power of putting the stars in there and just seeing what happens. Yeah, Four Christmases nearly uh, beat Harold and Kumar on its opening weekend. Well, I guess I'll go with that then. But they did spend a lot more, but I think even more people have probably seen Four Christmases than Harold and Kumar, so we'll begrudgingly give it to them. Which film has the better ending? I think I think made us <laughs> clear on the ending for Christmases. They could have gone up against anyone and probably lost this. And then chemistry. Um, you're taking the Harold and Kumar chemistry or the Vincent Reese chemistry? I'm taking the Harold and Kumar chemistry, but it is closer than I thought it would be. I did, as I said earlier, considering if, if they did have any issues, Vincent Reese were really, really good together. So it's a, it's a 13-4 win for Harold and Kumar. Respectable for four Christmases, that. Um, points to consider then, just to close us out. So, real star of the film. Does NPH do enough to become the real star of Harold and Kumar, or is it all in the name? He does kind of steal the show a little bit, <laughs> but he's he's probably not in quite enough, I don't think, to steal it. Even sorts on a tree. If he's, the cast really swapped, close. <laughs> yeah. if the cast swapped, which film works best? I'm almost intrigued to see. One Harold and Kumar in Four Christmases and Harold and Kumar played by Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Vince and Reese in the Harold and Kumar situation just at least you could potentially work it. Reese I don't know how blazing it up. Don't know how Harold and Kumar can do the reverse. I'm just Um Do we induct NPH into the Rex Ryan Hall of Fame for another year? So did we put him in before? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we have to then. He is a bit more established now, so if we wanted it, if our, our cop that would probably be of it, including his husband. I don't know if Yeah. He, I do think we've maybe been a bit fast and loose with the Rex Ryan Hall of Fame there. Well, is I don't want to bring another one into disrepute. <laughs> is is Danny Trejo enough of a character in this to not be in the Rex Ryan Hall of Fame? Or is he still that's Danny Trejo? And I know what you said about disrepute. We did induct a Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan sent a big poster last week. It was an impeccable reference, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Of the times. I'm, I'm, I'm green like MPH only because we've done it before, so I feel like I can't <laughs> backtrack now. I'm not sure who put Danny Trey in. The, the, the final two... Um, What's the message? I mean, you've said about what you think the message I think is of Four Christmases. It's quite a bleak message from what I've said, <laughs> isn't it? It's quite... <laughs> the message of Harold and Kumar Christmas is supposed to be, I guess, that no distance is too far to travel for your loved one at Christmas. Even See, if it involves if, Russian gangsters. If the Four Christmas got hold of Harold and Kumar, they'd have got back together for a bit. And then Harold would have established, you know what, actually, I have outgrown you, Kumar. We're not <laughs> friends anymore. See you later. So 
the the Sergei Katsov dilemma that um, Adrian has in this. How fit does Mary have to be for you to think that the wrath of a Russian mobster is worth it? Yeah, I I really don't. Certainly fitter than she is. No disrespect to the young lady. Um, I don't. I really don't think that it's possible. <laughs> Unless you're really, really backing yourself to not get caught. Or you really, really get caught up in, in uh, the here and now. Yeah, I guess in the situation he's in. But I, I tentatively agree, but I think with... With enough inspiration, you reckon you yeah. can get through it. I think people have had stage frights for far less, I'll be honest. If I was, say, Demi Rose there, Kylie Jenner, someone of that ilk. Interesting to see what decision he makes. Although I'm not it's sure you're calling either of them the Virgin Mary. <laughs> it's a good point you raise. I guess a certain degree of, well, look, I'm probably never doing better than this, so maybe they can just kill me. <laughs> then you would go straight up to that heaven, be chilling with MPH. Jesus, I'll send you back down once you've done that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finally, what's the biggest Christmas miracle in either film? Harold having a kid after what he does to his dick is pretty miraculous. <laughs> that is grim, that. A hot coffee. Uh, and Four Christmas is the biggest Christmas miracle, I guess. Locking Vince down with a kid. Yeah. <laughs> that is miraculous. He knows he's got that bachelor in him. She keeps it keeps it contained. Oh, he's he's, he's going to be a loose cannon and just think... About 10 years into that, he's going to go, I've got another spell as a bachelor in me. I can't do this. Well, I think that does just about do us. So next week, we carry on our Christmas run through. So we're halfway through. And we have the night before up against Office Christmas Party. Have you seen Office Christmas Party before? Yes, that I have. Okay. And so, once though, so that'll be a good rewatch as well. Yeah, so we've got essentially... Your Christmas night out. That's the theme for next week. I, I like that these two have been pitched together. I like it. This week was about a family Christmas, so... <laughs> one who will go completely out of their way and one who would go out of, as far out of their way as they possibly can. <laughs> there we go. Thank you again for listening to another edition of Movie Madness. If you haven't already, go to our feed, check out our interview with Todd Strauss-Shelson, the director of Harold and Kumar Christmas. Check out our interview from last week with Devin Rattray from Home Alone. And they're also on YouTube if you'd like to see our lovely smiling faces along with the audio. So keep peeled for next week. We'll have more interviews dropping. We'll have another podcast dropping. And hopefully, oof, Lacazette's just got a funk here. So goodbye. <laughs>